Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right. Welcome back to yet another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) By the way, you can take any Barry White song. And make it unsexy by just uh, ending it with a question. It's like, hey, baby, how you doing? Oh, yeah, you look sexy tonight. But then you just do it like this. Hey, baby, how you doing? You look sexy tonight. <laughs> it just immediately makes it not sexy when you ask I was going to say just add the, high-pitched, add the high-pitched okay after every line. Girl, I want to lay you down by fire tonight. Okay. I think when your voice is as low as Barry White's, you can't ask a question. That's probably why he didn't do well in school, because every time he'd say something to a teacher, they they just get all sloshy, and uh, they wouldn't right. know. They wouldn't be able to answer the question, even though he was asking a question. They just thought he was saying, "Take your clothes off." Right. He was asking like what the square root of like 117 is, and then the teacher just had multiple orgasms in a row, like <laughs> exactly. earthquake tremors. <laughs> Hey, teacher. That'd be a fun superpower to have. <laughs> I started doing a Barry White accent, and I just immediately started doing Forrest Gump. Hey, teacher. Forrest Gump? <laughs> I'm doing uh, Forrest White, or Barry Gump. Hey, baby. I'm not a smart man, but yeah. I know what love is. <laughs> uh, let me make some shrimps for you. Me and Ginny was like peas and carrots, girl. <laughs> I guess to do very white, you just pretend you've had some sort of traumatic head injury. Hey, yeah, baby. Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Jenny. I wonder what Barry would think of this bit right now. Is he still alive? I was going to ask the same thing. Well, let's He's consult... Gotta be- uh, He's got to be dead. Consult the internet. I'm just going to go straight for the jugular and type in, is Barry White dead? He's got to be dead. He's dead for sure. Yep. He died July 4th, uh, 2003 at the Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Damn, 2003. We were way off. How old was he? 58. Ooh, yeah, man. Wow. 58 that's that i mean i'm 53 so 58 is real young to me no that's super young i'm trying to see what the problem was he was battling what uh weight uh, he was battling having fucked every woman in the world do you think he fucked Let's a see. lot of a lot of chicks absolutely of course he did battling kidney failure brought on by high blood pressure holy shit that sucks Man, the so-called doctor of love achieved pop icon status as a romantic mentor in the hit TV series *Ally McBeal*, 
and on the animated TV series The Simpsons. He won two Grammys for Staying Power and his two-disc Ultimate Collection. Wow, he's from Galveston, Texas. That's, that's your neck of the woods. Every time I think of somebody that's super obese like that, I always think, man, it's got to be tough to get a full, clean wipe going. I wonder how obese people go to the bathroom. Well, I just always think that their butts got a lot of poop around it. Right. I can't get away from it. <laughs> it haunts you, huh? Well, I just every time I see a super fat person, I'm like, oh, they got probably got a lot of poop around their butt area. <laughs> Hold on, let me hold on. I gotta I, hold on. I gotta get I gotta get comfortable. Zip. I've honestly never considered that, and now you've given me a wonderful, horrible gift, a mental image. Dude, I got a I got a friend who's a singer songwriter, and he's one of the very best. But he's got real problems, and uh, he told me one time he goes, I can't go see a movie at a movie theater because all I can think about is all the people that are farting during the movie. That's all he can think about. So he won't go. Well, why is that fixation on a movie theater and not anywhere where people are? What's so different about a movie theater? I don't know. It just it's just it's just very specific. Why not a crowded room or a city bus or a parade or a church? Why not anything where people are? Well, I think because it's a closed room. That's the problem. And he's there. Nova's doing swimming lessons, and uh, we were there, and it's this inside pool, and connected to where all the kids are are these two like lanes for just people you know people i guess like reserve a lane and swim and there was this super pale like albino looking guy but he had a big beard and he honestly man he was just sort of gross looking gross looking guy doing laps in the pool and i thought i I hadn't really thought this much i thought this is disgusting like i can't believe my kid is in that fucking pool with that guy and then i thought about all the kids peeing in the pool i don't know man pools are gross I may never get in another pool. Yeah, they're real gross, dude. I always think about that. But then I'm like, as soon as I think, because again, going back to the fat people, I'm like, oh, as soon as they jumped in, I washed away most of that poop and then it got diluted. And it's fine, probably. I feel good about people. I feel good about fat people swimming because I feel like, oh, it washes all the poop off their bottoms. But then I don't really want to get in that water. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I don't go to public pools, by the way. Do you go to public no. pools? Hell no. 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 Here's the pool I'd never get into. The indoor hotel pool. No, 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 no. That's just like a place no. where the pee is. Like any pool that has one of those wheelchair things where the obese person gets to dunk themselves using a mechanical lever, uh-uh, count me out. That's just a poop pool. It can't be good, because the maintenance situation at the pool, the indoor hotel pool, has got to be one of the worst ever. Like, if you're at a nice YMCA, I feel like the maintenance, the quality control of the maintenance is probably pretty high. Yeah, but I'm, not I'm, at, not at the La Quinta Inn, the fucking, <laughs> not at the Hampton Inn pool, no sir. And every time you walk by and you look into the where the the pool is, in the 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 windows are always like super sweaty, but with yellow sweat. 
because of all the pee. It's the evaporated pee from the pool. I feel like life, I feel like the human body is disgusting sometimes. And like pooping and peeing, two horrible things. In fact, proof positive right there that there is no God. Because the pooping and the peeing, horrible, terrible things. And then those things are so closely associated with like erogenous zones and sex. It's it's a horrible thing, right? Wait, hold hold on. Before you go any further, I got to get comfortable. Zip. I love the idea of that not being like the zipper to your pants because you're dick and stuff, and that just being like a zipper to a backpack. <laughs> putting books in and out of a backpack. <laughs> Nothing to do with your dick. By the way, that's sex talk for me and my wife. Like, hey, can I put some books in your backpack? That's that's ass to mouth, by the way. <laughs> by the way, we never get to ask, so ass to mouth is out. Can we can we talk ass to mouth? Have you ever done ass to mouth? We can't talk. We no no wife talk. This is pre wives. I'm not gonna talk about okay. my particular sexual activities yeah, yeah. on a podcast. I, Sorry. I, okay, that's fine. Now you, of course, if you would like to regale us with your ATM stories, uh, we're all here to listen. We're all here to be a buddy and listen. No, I. Of course, I've done ass to mouth because once you've seen ass to mouth on porn, you're like, oh, I got to try this in real life. But here's the thing about ass to mouth it's sad. It's a real sad story. Like, you think it's going to be cool. And then when you do it, you're like kind of crying. When it's, when it's all over, you're kind of crying, even though you're not crying, but you're crying on the inside. And you're like, uh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Even if the person's into it, even if the person's like, yeah. I'll dip my toe into the urine-filled uh, hotel pool here for a second on on ATM talk. You're saying when you've heard about it or seen it, you thought it would be cool, and then when you did it, it turned out to be a sad tale. Right. It seemed sad to me when I first heard of it. <laughs> it never wasn't sad to me. I don't know. If, so, if I'm watching porn, there's a weird disconnect. Like, I don't think of those people as like... I. That's not as true. human beings. I, actually, that... I. I, do, I don't know it's true. I don't think of them as human. I don't think of them as actors. I don't think of them as like porn stars. I think of them as like, I get lost in the moment. Like I think, oh, this is real. I don't think of them as actors. I think of like, oh, this is a documentary. And then, but every <laughs> once in a while, if there is some like ass to mouth play, I'm just always, the only thing I'm thinking about when that dick comes out of the butthole and it starts going towards the mouth, I'm like, how fucking shit stinky is that dick right now? That's all I can think about. Like, what's the level of shit stink? Is it a 10? Is it a 5? I don't know. But that, uh, it's what I'm thinking. And does that take you out of the moment? Or is that is that an accelerating thought for you? It's similar to, like, if I'm eating a burger and then I go, hey, wait a minute, is this is this factory beef or is this pasture-raised beef? And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to eat it and not think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really kind of what happens. I go, hmm, what's the shit stink? All right, forget Fuck it. She's, it's, it's like the poop being washed off in the pool. You know, when you see the fat person, uh, swimming, it's like, once that dick goes in the mouth and it's like, well, doesn't, it's a moot point now. It's all sloshed away. Yeah, I mean, if I have sex with a woman, I want to ne- ne- hear the two next steps. Step number one, after I have sex with a woman, I want to take her to breakfast and hang out with her. Step number two is I want to marry her. <laughs> so, 
So treating oh my gosh. those the so treating the intimate moments with these lovely ladies who have let me have sex with them. Um, doing the por- reenacting pornography doesn't really occur to me because I feel like I I love them already, and you can't right. really do some of those things to someone you love. This is this is. Can I tell you my strategy for when I have sex with a lady? Please. And <laughs> so, by the way, we're <laughs> by the way checking in on the I'm okay, you're not okay community out there. Hope everyone's okay and uh, holding on tight to this roller coaster that we're on right now. Here, here's my here's my thing. So. I have sex, and then I start planning our 50th wedding anniversary, and I'm like, should I get silver or platinum to celebrate the 50 years mm-hmm. of happy marriage? And then I start thinking about like where I'm going to retire as a great-grandfather. Right. That's like immediately what I think about right after I come with a stranger that I just met at a, at a show at 2.30 in the morning at a La Quinta. You mean you don't slide over to the uh, hotel desk where there's a nice little lamp light and you don't immediately write a poem? These are where start writing poetry. I, I do, actually. And then I was like, oh, I should start writing my 50th wedding anniversary poem for this lovely lady. And then I'm like, excuse me, what's your name again? Because I'm writing our 50th anniversary poem. <laughs> <laughs> is it Lana or is it uh, Lanya? Oh, it's Lanya. Sorry, dear Lanya. Well, we have two different we have two different strategies for life here, and both are horrible. Neither work. Here's what I'm glad I am married. The idea yeah. of getting into bed with some stranger is so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Unappealing. Unappealing. So unappealing. I can't even tell you. Why is that? Because I, I love my wife, and I love being with my wife. And the idea of getting in bed with somebody that's not my wife is so awful. Like, it would destroy everything that I hold dear. Like, the thing that's most important to me, most important to me is my family, my wife, my kids. That's the most important thing. Uh, getting laid is not even in the top 10 things that are the most important. Right. It's not maybe not in the top 30. I mean at one point I loved getting into bed with a stranger because it would take my mind off my worries and my fears and I wouldn't think about them for a while. But I wasn't really having any sort of real relationship with a real person that I knew. It was just somebody that I met who I could just forget about my worries for a while because of the way our brains are wired or something. But to do that now where I'm married and in a relationship that means the world to me, uh, I couldn't even imagine it. I really – it would be truly dis- disgust. I, 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 it just, I couldn't fathom it really at this point. No, I feel you. I have nightmares sometimes, not that my wife is with somebody else, but that I'm with somebody else. And even in the dream while I'm with them – I'm unhappy and I'm I'm mortified that it's happening and when I wake up I'm so relieved, you know. Cuz I feel the same way. I'm just I've lost a lot of interest in all that. Well, I will say this. I have had some sex dreams even recently where I wasn't married and there was some real sex going down and it was fine. <laughs> I was fine with it. I was enjoying it. Yeah. But I also have dreams. I've been sober for 23 years. And 
for 23 years, I've had dreams where I'll just be having a drink in the dream. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been sober this whole time. Occasionally I drink and occasionally I smoke dope. And I'll remember the other dreams that I had where I was having a drink. And it's like this connecting dream world. It's so weird, dude. And the only reason I know that is because I haven't had a drink in 23 years, but I have in my dreams and I remember having the drinks in the other dreams in newer dreams. It's weird. Wow. It's like, it's very strange. When that happens, I'm like, wow, oh, this is interesting. You know, that somehow these dreams are connected somehow, at least in my mind. Would it be, I mean, would it, it would be pretty bad news if you decided to start drinking again, right? Uh, I don't know. I love to drink. I mean, it would be bad news yeah. eventually. It would be fine for an hour or two. It'd be fine. Yeah. Be, be a good time. I like that you went from an hour or two to eventually. <laughs> so I mean, much in I, between that. I The only reason I don't drink is because I didn't like my life at all at the last couple of years that I was drinking. But if I thought I was going to die soon, like if somebody said, okay, you got a week to live, or, or even if they say, hey, look, you, tomorrow afternoon you're going to die. My first stop is Specs Liquor Store. And I'm buying some champagne. And then the next stop is I'm just going to start calling people like, where's the heroin? Where's the cocaine? Where's whatever you got? The oxycodone, uh, fentanyl, whatever you got. Like, if I know I'm going to die, give me all of the drugs. But if I'm going to live, right. I don't want to be hungover. I don't want to fucking go to jail. I don't want to hurt the people I love. I don't want to fuck up my fan base by showing up fucked up you know what i mean but if i'm dying oh i'm i'm going i'm gonna party like it always is amazing it always amazes me when i there are people like who have been sober for a long time and then they get diagnosed with cancer or something and they stay sober i, I find it yeah. very strange you know that people talk about bill hicks you know is a big deal that when he quit smoking and, and uh he didn't tell anyone that he had pancreatic cancer so he just sort of randomly started smoking on stage again, and then he died like three months later. Right. And he basically was like, when he got diagnosed with terminal cancer, he was like, I love smoking. I'm smoking for sure. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely smoking. If I'm going to die, I'm smoking. I just, I'm yeah. just not going to – if I'm going to live for 20 years, I'm not going to smoke and cough all the time and be, have no energy and, and give money to tobacco companies. But if I'm going to die, right. yeah, I'm definitely going to smoke. Well, on that note, should we read some emails? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we should read some emails. God damn it. All right. Let's see here. If you can email us, by the way, bobandclint at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. We'll talk about whatever you want. Kevin Van Dam says, Bob and Clint, I like your podcast. You guys are cool. Is the name of the podcast a reference to a 1967 book by Thomas Harris that was a New York Times bestseller in the 70s. Cheers, Kevin Van Dam. Yes, of course it is. We hear it, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. Pride ourselves on our literary prowess, particularly when it comes to early 70s American <laughs> well, novels. Here's what I know about that book. Neither of us have read it, but the title of it, I'm okay, you're okay, 
is funny when you follow it with, I'm not okay. You're not okay. That's funny. I don't know what book he's talking about. Uh, there's a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay. It was like in the 70s when people started doing like self-help book and and people started going to therapy and stuff. It was a huge book in Wait, the 70s. Wait, so this isn't the same Thomas Harris that wrote Silence of the Lambs? I know that Thomas Harris. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who wrote the book. I mean, I, I'm assuming that that guy looked it up on Google and knows who wrote I'm Okay, You're Okay. Because, the, yeah, he's talking about it's in, the, it's in the late 60s. Thomas Harris was writing in the 80s. Dude... You, if you've never read The Silence of the Lambs or the book Hannibal, you ought to check or Red Dragon. He only wrote like four books. This Thomas, I'm talking about a different Thomas Harris, obviously, but the books are amazing. No, I read Red Dragon and I was, and I didn't want to read any of the other books. It was too much for me. They're intense for sure. They're super intense. Like he's killing and eating people. It's too much for me. You know, speaking of a thread here, I, you, you'll be able to rip on this. I didn't realize this, but Jonathan Demme, who directed Silence of the Lambs, he won an Oscar, and Anthony Hopkins won. A bunch of people won Oscars from the film. He directed a film about the Talking Heads, or like a live concert film of the Talking Heads. Have you seen that? I know you're a big Talking Heads fan. Yeah, Stop Making Sense. It's great. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So what is it a concert film or what? It's a concert film. Okay, cool. I need to check that out. I love David Byrne. I found it hard to get way into the talking heads, though. I think they're they're definitely in my top five all-time favorite bands. Um, I have a hard time when you get when you get away from their music a little bit. It gets like I love the music. I love the lyrics and I love how inventive it is and it's funky and it's arty. Uh, and I think David Byrne is one of the smartest guys ever, and he's an amazing writer. But when you start getting into like them talking about what they're doing and why they were doing it, it kind of takes some of the mystery. It takes some of the wonder out of it for me. Like they they were so yeah. like pragmatic in their approach to what they didn't want to do, um, and that's how they ended up with what they got. Like. I would have just rather never have heard about any of it and just just been like, how did they, you know, how did this happen instead of like knowing how they did it? It's like sausage. Yeah, you don't want to know about sausage or hot dogs or, or bologna. Just hold on. Let me let me get comfortable here. Zip. And we're right back to ATM. <laughs> Automatic time machine. Well, we have five more minutes. What are we going to do with this wonderful time that God has given us? Uh, we can talk about stuff that we have seen that we want to recommend, perhaps. I wish I knew the the name of the director, but this guy wrote and directed three films, which I've just watched all three of them in the last couple of days again. One of them for the third time and the other two for the second time. Bone Tomahawk, and it's a Western with Kurt Russell. That's Craig Ziegler. Yeah, he's amazing. I love this guy. And then, then he did uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Unbelievable movie. Oh, it's so good. I just watched it for the second time. And then I was like, well, I guess I got to watch Dragged Across Concrete, which I just saw a couple months ago. And I'm like, I got to watch this for the second time. And it's incredible. And the thing about Dragged Across Concrete, fucking Mel Gibson, man. What a great actor. Now, is he... A, probably a piece of shit as a human being. Is he fucking racist? Is he a bigot? Whatever he is, probably. 
Is he a fucking amazing actor? God damn, he is. He's so good. Yeah. And Vince yeah, Vaughn's good. Vince Vaughn. It's so wait, hold on. So this Craig Ziegler guy. So I followed Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Sublock ninety nine. And like he's like on my radar for sure because the Brawl and Sublock ninety nine, especially on the second viewing, is just so mind blowingly good. So this drag drag the river, whatever, is this a new one? Dragged Across Concrete came out in twenty nineteen. Um I don't know. I think it's I guess it's available on pay per view, maybe. I don't know. Uh, here's the plot. Once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their proper compensation. Wow, it seems intense. It's just like the other ones. It's like you're. It's so weird and crazy and un, and violent and and shit happens that's real unexpected, and you're like, what? Uh, it's great. It's great. It's just like the. It's just like the other one. It just has a weird structure to it. Like all his movies have strange realism to him like they're not he shies away from all the tropes you know like movie tropes yeah he has a way of telling these kinds of stories that seem really fresh like bone tomahawk is essentially a western but it deals with these cannibal hill people it's so good it's so and and you're right he does have a way of like portraying it where it's so real that it gets under your skin brawl and sub 99 it's about this criminal who wants to wants to be clean. He wants to not live in the criminal world. But he ends up getting back into it so he can make money for his wife who gets pregnant, and then he's going to make enough money so that he can be clean and be be normal. He ends up accidentally killing a cop and a, or ends up killing a, a drug lord's henchman, goes to jail for it, and the drug lord is basically like, hey, well, you killed my guy. But don't get don't give away the whole movie. Just Just watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. I went into it without knowing anything about it and just was utterly stunned by it. Dude, how great is this? So that to set up the character, Vince Vaughn's character, to just show like how fucking badass he is. When he finds out his girlfriend's having an affair, he beats the fuck out of her car and at one point punches her headlight and then reaches inside the headlamp with his bare hands and pulls... And the pulls no, and pulls out all the like cords and wires and shit. Oh yeah, with his bare hand, and you're just like, don't fuck with this guy. Well, doesn't he take the whole hood off the car? And then he rips the hood <laughs> off the car and throws it into the street <laughs> like the Hulk. Oh my god! Oh, it's so good. Well, because uh. he finds out she's fucked some guy and she's using drugs again. He's actually more upset that she's using drugs again honestly i've no, saw no. a lot of interesting he, nuances she doesn't he he uh he asks her he goes hey did you relapse and she's like no i didn't relapse and, and she said she wanted to he's right. kind of he's relieved that she didn't relapse i mean he's he's mad that she's having an affair but when she says she right. doesn't relapse he's kind of like okay well we can work on it then we can right. figure it out right which by the way jennifer it's jennifer carpenter from dexter for anyone who like she's, that show. She's great in it, too. She's got to be dating the director, because she's in Dragged Across Concrete as well, and she showed up at the premiere with him, so they they must be dating. Dating is a very nice term for whatever they're probably doing. Well, didn't she marry Dexter? She was married to Michael C. Hall, but he left her for someone else. Right. So I, she must be with that director now. Wow. 
Well, anyone, anyway, go, Brawl and Cell Block 99, that's the one to see. I'll, I'll watch that up, that third one we were mentioning. I'll watch that tonight. I love, I'll watch anything that guy makes until he bums me out for sure. Well, I didn't know he, I just watched it, just kind of, I like the title. And then I just IMDb'd him for some reason and saw that he made that movie. And I was like, oh, no wonder. No wonder it's so good. Right. Well, we are out of time, my friend. Well, cool. Uh, please help us out by uh, if you if you like the show, it it only takes a second. And where you wherever you listen to the show now, you can do it right where you're at right this moment. Just give us a five star rating. Uh, if you want to write a review, all you have to do is put like "great" and you're done. And it really will help us out, and it'll get it'll get us in front of more people, which will be great for us. Uh, not for you. But it will be good for you because you're getting a free show and uh, we'll want to keep doing it if it gets more and more successful as time goes by. He right. He right. Uh, Go check out our other podcast. Mine's a Metallica podcast called Metal Up Your Podcast. It's about all things Metallica, but it's really a podcast about music. Uh, Bob's other podcast is called The Song Club. And if you join The Song Club, you get all of his demos and his other songs sent to you and you get to hear about how they were written and what inspired them. And uh, I guess that's about it. Let's get the hell out of here. All right, man.